I must begin today with a, a word of hope and prayer to the people in the Mideast who are once again finding themselves in a violent, vicious, horrible, senseless war. And once again, I must say that it is still the two sons of Abraham who were fighting. I'm going to talk about Abraham in just a minute, about uh, sacrifice and covenant and communion. As you know, Abraham had two sons. He had a son by the Egyptian slave woman, Hagar, and that was Ishmael. And he had the child of his wife, Sarah, named Isaac. And Isaac and Ishmael are still fighting. And it grieves the heart of the Lord. As we know, and as I've been saying, and that's part of this sermon series, the world is broken, has been from the beginning, when human beings decided to rebel against God. When God gave the rules way back in prehistory in the garden, and the humans, under the influence of Satan, chose something else. Something else. And the world is still choosing something else other than the way of the Lord. There are two ways to be in the world today. We don't have a third way. The two ways are we're either in rebellion against God, doing our own thing, choosing our own things, or we're in obedience to God, drawing near to Him, staying close to Him, and doing what He tells us to do. There's no middle route. When we think we can carve out a new way, that's what Adam and Eve did. God gave them the rules. They were very simple. And they chose a different way. And that's rebellion. And rebellion leads to senseless killing. One generation after Adam and Eve sinned, one of their sons killed the other. And Cain struck down Abel. That's what rebellion does. And so we are in prayer today. Senseless pointless, meaningless killing. That's rebellion. And we pray for peace. And we do what Psalm 122 tells us. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for peace. That's what we do. Those of us who follow the Prince of Peace. The one who let his own body be broken so that we don't have to keep breaking each other's bodies. The one who brings communion in his sacrifice so that we don't have to keep choosing and making bad decisions. So, had to say that. Pray, pray, pray. And so, in the topic today, of sacrifice. We know what sacrifice is all about. There are many of us who have had to do things or not do things in order to accomplish a greater good or a greater goal. Many of us worked three and four jobs to put ourselves through college and graduate school. We sacrificed going out and partying every night so that we could accomplish the goal we had before us. Uh, some of us who played sports had to sacrifice other activities 
in order to get ourselves into the right mental, physical, emotional place in order to compete. We're watching on television now athletes who have achieved great heights because they sacrifice so much. I remember talking to athletes at my school about uh, what the things that uh, Venus and Serena Williams gave up. What did they sacrifice? And I said, well, only three things. Venus and Serena. I think both of them are now finished their careers except playing in some of the, the senior events. It's hard to believe they're in the senior events. Most brilliant athletes I think I've ever seen. All they gave up to get that to that goal, all they sacrificed, they sacrificed their childhood while their friends and neighbors were playing with dolls and were enjoying videos and music and going to dances and parties. They were playing tennis. They sacrificed their adolescent years while all of their friends were going to dances and were going to proms and going to parties. They were playing tennis. They sacrificed the third thing, their young adulthood and into their adulthood while their peers were graduating from college and taking jobs and starting families, they gave up their young adulthood because they were playing tennis. So they sacrificed their lives for that great good. And we, we comprehend that. But I want to switch gears on that because what we're talking about in this particular chapter in Bishop Barron's book is a different kind of sacrifice. You see, there are really two types of sacrifices. There's a sacrifice that is self-centered. I know all about that. I know all about giving up things so that I can get better. But there's also a sacrifice that is God-centered. That is for the greater good of all, not just our own greater good. People have told me, well, you play the guitar, so you must have worked hard to do that. Yes, I did. Worked hard with music. I play music every day on my YouTube channel, either the piano or the guitar. I don't have to use music. I read music. I studied music. My mother taught me music. Began playing the piano when I was four, guitar when I was 10 or 11. But music is in you. And I said, well, you've earned a lot doing that, haven't you? He said, I've never earned more than just a few dollars doing it. I play for free. I've always had. And I still play for free. It's my offering to the Lord. And so there are two types. We sacrifice internally, following our own agenda, or we can follow the sacrifice of the one who gave his life for us and change the world. Let me tell you three quick stories, and these are quick, about three different people. One of them, his name is Jimmy. He always wanted to be called Jimmy. He was my first pastor that I remember, my childhood pastor. And I always would sit down close to the front of the church and I'd see him up in the pulpit preaching and he was such a great guy. We disconnected somewhere around in the early 1970s and in 2003, when I had a parish in East Texas, someone told me, well, he's, he's over there by you now. He's retired. 
he's staying in a retirement center over in Tyler. I said, oh, really? And so I called him, and he remembered me. Our families were very close, and I went over to see him. And it was so funny when I knocked on his door. I remember him as being way high, lofty, and lifted up. Turns out he's a little short guy. <laughs> and when he knew me, I was a little short guy. And so when he opened the door, he was shocked to have to look up at me, and I was shocked to have to look down at him. And his wife, whom I also knew, was in a memory loss center and had been for a couple of years. She'd lost all her memory. And he teared up when he talked about her. They'd been married a long time. I think they had three kids together. And she had no idea who he was. No memory. She didn't know who she was. No idea. She didn't know where she was. No idea. And he said that he went to see her every single morning. He would get up early, get himself cleaned up and fixed up, wear nice clothes, would leave and go pick up either flowers or her favorite coffee or some sort of a, a, a pastry treat, something that he would take to her and sit with her as long as she could stand him which is about 15 or 20 minutes. She had no idea who he was. And he said, but she's my wife. Made a commitment to her. And so he poured out his love on her in the only way he knew how. And she had no idea who he was. He, he was crying when he was telling I was tearing up too. And she would get agitated and have to leave. And he did that every single morning. He was taking the love that Jesus had put into him, Jesus' love that comes into our brokenness, our pain, and our sorrow. That's what Jesus' love do, does. It comes into us, into those lonely, broken, hurting, painful, sorrowful places. Not so that we can hoard it, but so that we can share it. And he poured out the love of Jesus that came into him, through him, to her in the only way he knew how. That's sacrifice. Another person, his name is uh, David, goes by Dave, was a, uh, a college student of mine who learned how to be a Christian clown from me. And he's kept it up. 40-some-odd years later, 30-some-odd years later, he's still doing it. Now, he was one of the most fascinating people I ever knew. He could fix anything. He was dyslexic. He couldn't read. The, uh, the engineers in the College of Engineering at one of the, the colleges where he worked as in the tool shop, when the engineers couldn't figure out how to make their inventions work, they called him. And he'd sit down there and look and look and he'd figure it out. Very minimal social skills. And he decided somewhere along the line to become a Christian clown, changing your appearance, putting on the garb as I talked about last week. 
to go make a difference for Christ in the world. He got involved in summer burn camps where children who have been horribly disfigured by burning go during the summers. He got on the staff. And he told me that he couldn't do it. It was too painful for him to be involved in until he put on his costume. And then he could minister to them. And he did it every summer. No matter how hard it was, he did it because the love of Jesus came into him, into his broken, hurting, lonely, sorrowful places so that he could pour it out on others to change the world. That's sacrifice. The third person is a man by the name of Ron. I met him at uh, the first Sunday of one of my churches. And he, I was shaking hands at the door of the church. And he grabbed my finger. Now, when a man grabs your finger, you don't know what's happening. <laughs> you don't know the person. And he said to me, you could put the picture up for a moment. He said, said, I'm going to make you a ring. And I thought, this man's crazy, crazy. And I forgot all about it. Six months or so later, he said, well, come down here so I can size it for you. That's the ring I wear to this day. I could never afford a ring like that. Still can't. It's got uh, four diamonds and 12 rubies. The man was a jeweler. I didn't sacrifice for that. He did. He did. He used the gifts and talents that the Lord gave to him, the love that Jesus poured into him, into his broken, lonely, hurting places, so that he could shower it on me. As unworthy as I am, I wear it to this day. I blessed it uh, on Easter Sunday, and I think it was in 1990. And I've worn it ever since. We'll never take it off. It's right there. So you can take, take that down. Sacrifice through the Lord Jesus in His love and power is something different than the world's sacrifice. Remember, there are only two ways to be in this world, in rebellion or in obedience. Throughout Scripture, as Bishop Barron tells us, God made covenants with His people. He made covenants with Adam and Eve. Eat of all the fruit in the garden except for the tree in the middle. He made covenants with Noah. He made covenants with Abraham, saying, I will make you the father of a great nation with children more numerous than the stars in the skies. He made covenants with Moses and the Hebrew people. He made covenants with David and Solomon. All of them. God pouring out His love, trying to recenter the world from the brokenness of pride and arrogance that caused humans to move away from God. See, God took the greatest risk of all creating you and me. He created humans with the freedom to do that to Him. To reject Him. To turn away. He's not going to force us to be His little puppets. No. He's going to love us back into alignment 
And when all the other covenants fell short, they all required sacrifice. Bishop Barron says, there is no communion, there is no covenant without sacrifice. And so when all of them collapse because people can't follow covenants because they're broken inside too, it took God coming Himself into this world to give us the covenant through His sacrifice once for all. He came into this world taking human form. There's no mystery why when He was born in the stable in Bethlehem, in the cave, He was placed in a feeding trough for animals. He who is bred for the world began in a feeding trough. Everything Jesus said and did in His ministry was a testimony to who He is. God coming to rescue us from our own insanity. And the world's still insane. And He still keeps offering us His bread, His body, His blood, His soul, and divinity. This, my flesh, is food indeed, Jesus said. My blood is, is blood indeed for you. In the Mass, pay particular attention to the words that in the, the, the Missal that I read from, the only words that are in all capital letters in the Mass are the words of institution where Jesus says, take this, all of you. This is my body. And likewise, after supper, He took the cup and said, this cup is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new covenant. His covenant with us is, I give you myself. I give you myself. As often as you come to me, I give you myself. Not just piecemeal. As I told someone yesterday, He doesn't just give us a piece of Himself when we ask for Him. He gives us all of Himself. There's no more that Jesus could give us than His very self. His life force poured out in the body, blood, soul, and divinity of this altar. This is the sacrifice that changes its history. This is the sacrifice that changes the world. This is the sacrifice that changes you and me. This is the sacrifice that lets His love pour into us, into our broken, hurting, painful places, not so that we can wrap it up tightly and try to hoard it, but so that we can do like Jimmy, like David, and like Ron, let it come through us and pour out into the lives of others. And that changes the world forever, starting with us.